you know big of a fan base you do have a responsibility but i think a lot of guys simba was basically saying a lot of guys saying oh that's not my responsibility i don't want i never wanted to be a role model but he was like you taking the, the basically the the pussy way out oh no no hell no 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 i tell people all the time like bitch, i'm like first off i'm not going to allow you people to put me in a situation to where you can crucify me like don't ever put me on no pedestal i got money on my mind i'm just trying to get some dough I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. Capital Games. Boom, 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 boom. Welcome back. We have another one here. This is Capital Games podcast where we have real conversations with real people in real time, 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 time. <laughs> I am DJ Bay, also known as the Prince of Hemp, and I have my partner here. You already know, CEO of Digital Billionaire, Director of the Year. Did I say my name? No, you did not. Say <laughs> your name. Spot. I told myself I wasn't going to smoke before this shit, and I did it. It's your boy, Peter Parker. You already know what it is. Bro. Oh, man. To my left, we got Dave. It's your girl, Daydreams, the Credit Queen, and the 10 Side Hustle Queen. Let's yeah. go. And we for sh we have a special guest today. And if you don't mind, could you please introduce yourself? Sure, Jem Brazil. I'm an artist, influencer, and you know, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, Jen, can we get some claps? What's going on? I thought we was gonna get some hoorays, some claps. All right, so we firing some people today. Wow. I understand. This has been one of those days. Wow, this has been one hell of a day. Here we are, y'all. Excuse us. Shit. Excuse us. So we're gonna put some uh we're gonna put some claps in there, you know what I mean? Edit. There we go. Let me get a studio applause. Get a studio applause. We, we, we fixed it. <laughs> What's up, Jen? How you feeling today? Good. I feel good. I'm just a little tired. You know, long trip <laughs> and swollen foot. <laughs> swollen foot? What you mean a swollen foot? Uh, I dropped two 45-pound plates on my feet on Friday in the gym oh, last God. week. Yeah. So I fractured one toe and the other one's swollen. 45 pounds? Yeah, that, uh, First of all, what are you doing with 45 pounds? I lift it. Damn, Wonder Oh, Woman. you was on. Okay. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah. going on. She trained. Okay. Yes, we trained. We trained. So how long you been an influencer and an artist? Like, talk to me about that. Um, so influencing, I've been doing this since what, maybe five, six years. And I've been working with like Fashion Over Curve and some other local brands here in Florida as well, like Giddy and Touch Dolls. I've worked with them. Um, and then as an artist, officially, it's been two years, but it's something I've been wanting to do since I was really little, like two, three years old. New to the game, yeah. pretty much two years. It's yeah. kind of new. New, very How's your experience been with a new artist? Because you know, I, you know, we do marketing and we do videos for a lot of different artists from beginning to all the way in the labels. What's been your experience the last two years? Last two years, a lot of learning, honestly, because I was with management, so I definitely learned a lot from them. Shout out to Moy Gang CEO and Rain. They taught me a lot about the business in terms of, you know, splits and how to write songs and make sure that, you know, you get all of those things done before you release a song and also just learning patience i think was the biggest thing that i learned over the past two years because you can be working forever and things are not going to come to you right away so you definitely have to learn patience and learn how to have uncomfortable conversations with people and make sure you advocate for yourself and so how how is it like you know women are really killing it right now in yeah, the game right now artist wise like women. shout out to the females yeah females is like killing i wish we could have applause for that but i guess uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> I guess we all, we're not on point today, but it's all good, though. You know, we love our team, you know what I mean? Um, what, was the, what was the transition like for you from coming from influencer over into the music industry? 
Well, music has always been part of my life. Like I said, since I was really, really little, I've always wanted to do, to be a singer, an artist, um, performer. And I've been in dance classes since I was about four, you know, ballet, jazz, tap, all of that stuff, acro. And then even in elementary and growing up, I played the flute, piccolo, the cello. I wanted to play the cello because it was the biggest instrument they had. And, you know, I was little at the time, so I was like, I want the biggest instrument. So I took that, and then I learned to play keyboard by ears. And, you know, that's always been in my... So music's always kind of been your background. Yeah. It's always been the thing I've wanted to do. And even and, with singing. And apparently dance as well. So you do, you're, you, uh, I, I assume you do a whole performance. Like yes. you have no problem with choreo and anything. No. I can choreograph. I learn choreography, freestyle. Uh, but I love to perform. That, so that adrenaline. as far as you as a brand, it seems like you have a lot to offer just outside of, you know, just your music. Because if somebody was to come to you for, you know, like consulting or anything, it, feel, it seems like you would really be able to assist somebody. I think so, for sure. Especially he always trying to get somebody to get an offer, ain't he? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, it sounds like you got some offers on the table. It sounds like you leaving some money on the floor. That's all I'm saying. Well, you have to clean it up, right? He's right. like, send me, the, send me the contracts. Right, we, we got send we me the contract offers. Right. We two minutes in, he already talking about offers. I'm like, God, dang, can we? I can't like wait. Like I'm like, is this not capital gain? No, for sure, for sure, for sure. We definitely going to get to the money, for sure. But let's talk about being an influencer first, because you was an influencer first. How does one become an influencer? I think I started before it got super, super popular, and I just started taking pictures because in New York, I think it was a different scene, because I moved from New York down to Florida. And um, up there, I did a lot of music videos for, for like, legends, like um, Busta Rhymes, Jay-Z, Swiss Pete, Styles P, LL, all those people. You so, real yeah, yes. Okay. And... Um, <laughs> it was a really good experience and I, I wanted to do that with those artists because they're such legends in the music industry and you get to see a bit of how everything is done on, on in that scene sort of and then also a lot of live performances with different artists up there in like Six Flags or at clubs and you know all of that and then I moved down here and it was a little bit different especially because I live kind of far from Miami so I wanted to make sure that I still stayed relevant and the advice that I was given was to make sure that I stayed relevant on Instagram and social media pages and just be consistent and get your following up. So that way you would at least have a following base to bring to somebody, whether it was a label, distribution, an investor, and go that route, as opposed to having not many, you know. So that's Much why. That becomes your resume now at this point. For what you do, your social yeah. media, your resume. And you got a nice little Rolodex. Like, you just ran through them names. Like, yeah, like. You check, didn't. check, check, check. So, uh, New York or Miami? Well, I haven't lived in Miami, so I can't really say Miami. But you've been in Miami. Like, this, I mean, you only, what, 30 minutes away, 20 minutes away? Oh, an hour and change. Oh, an hour and change? Yeah, West Palm is up there. Yeah, it's, it's kind oh, of Oh, you, you north, but West Palm, a whole situation. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. I haven't West been to West Palm. West Palm is dope. It's boring, bro. <laughs> West Palm, well, see, I like West, <laughs> West Palm. West Palm is money. Like, see, but I, I like Boca, that's true. That's true. personally. Oh, you like Boca? Boca. I got a lot of friends oh. of Boca. That's All the Boca's Brazilians dope. are over there. There's is that what the Brazilians are? Yes. Brazilians are in Boca. Brandon, he's going to tell it all. Look, yeah, I have a story for y'all, by the way. Like, We'll get right back to that. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think there's no comparison between the two because New York offers you something completely different than Miami does. And a lot of people come here for vacation, beaches, the weather. Um, and in New York, I think no matter what time of year you go around, there's always something to do. So I think they both offer something special. 
like work wise, as far as being influenced, being an artist, which one do you think is like better for what you got going on? I think it doesn't really matter if, as long as you're in like either New York, like Miami, Atlanta, LA, those specific areas, if you're an artist, yeah, the main hubs, it, as long as you hustle and you build a network the right way and you really want it, because a lot of the times people, they'll do this for, you know, a year, two years and give up because they don't see the the main results that they want. But sometimes it's going to take you a few years to get there. And then all of a sudden you have that one change and that one opportunity and it, it could change everything. So I think, you know, patience. Oh, straight up. I mean, when I first moved out here from L.A., um, I didn't know anybody. I didn't even know Tanny. It was it was rough. And it took me a couple of years to start gaining some traction. And now here we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, no, th- that what you said is uh, actually true. So it gotta, you got to give it a couple of years to actually get things in motion when you move to a different area, unless you're just cracking like that and you can just go anywhere and get it cracking. So, you know. What particular project have you been a part of that just made you be like, I want something like this or something close to that? You know, whether if it was you being a part of a video, especially like stuff like how Bustin' him, like we all know, like he used to have the largest like video budget back in the day, especially with some of the stuff he used to do at Missy Elliott. So, bro, Janet Jackson? <laughs> yeah, bro, like crazy budget. So like what particular project have you just been around that was just like, this is super dope and I know this is something that I want to do? I don't know if there was any just particular project. It's always been the goal for me, especially... You know, like I said, since I was little, I've been taking all those classes and music has been a part of it. But also my parents had a job that forced us to move overseas a lot. So I got used to not having a whole lot of friends and moving around all the time. And part of what I would tell myself, I'm like, this is good. It's preparing me for the lifestyle that I want to have, which would be touring and doing videos and interviews and just being in the studio all the time. So I was like, okay, that's good to prepare me for this. So what's what's your what's your goal? To be a full-on artist in terms of, um, you know, having music out there that is well-known, also having a brand. So when you think of an idea of who I'd like to be similar to in this sense, I guess, would be like Rihanna or J-Lo. Because when you think of them, you think of a whole brand. You think of not just the music, but the fact that they have either makeup and, you know, lingerie or clothing lines and things like that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And and not just that, but like especially I love the fact that Rihanna gives back to the community and does a lot for her home. That is really important to me because I would love to do stuff for Brazil. So. You talk about that a lot. Even last time yeah. when we talked on the phone, you talk about giving back a lot. What, what, what's that? What's what's what is that with you and giving back? Why is that so important? I think it's important to help others, like especially the fact that I was adopted and there's so many children and so other so many other people that don't get the opportunities because you know, things just haven't worked out for them well in life. And it, I think it, not, I don't know how to put it, but I guess it, it sucks to see people with power and with all that money mm. and then not being able to help somebody or to be able to feed someone or just being selfish, you know, not that you have to give back, but it's nice to see people actually want to do that because how are you supposed to, Right. You know, it's it's good to help others. It makes honestly, you feel good. And it's well, not, not just that. But you know, it's crazy. Like you had a good upbringing because your parents decided to, especially when you saying that you're being adopted. Yeah. Your parents decided to enroll you into all these different, you know, Curriculums. music curriculums yeah. Yeah. and like playing all these different instruments. Those are so 
is that part of the reason because of the childhood that you had the reason why you you feel like you were fortunate and that you were in a position that's what kind of why you want to give back because you see that it's other people that don't want to or, or don't have the ability to and you do not necessarily like that i was fortunate because i mean obviously i'm very grateful and thankful mm -hmm. to them um but i just i have a really strong connection to my country and you know, I was adopted from there when I was two days old and then brought to the States when I was three months. And what, there's... What, I don't know if you... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What country are you from? Brazil. Brazil. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, and I was born in the capital and adopted when I was two days old. So I know I have at least five older brothers and I'm not mm -hmm. sure about after that. But, um, you know, I'm just so proud of where I come from. And I may not speak Portuguese because I'm not great <laughs> with languages. I try to do as much as I can. How many languages do you speak? One. <laughs> I am horrible. Like, Wait, as, you're not as, bilingual? No, as long as good as I am with like music and choreography, that part of my brain works well. But when it comes to the languages, I'm like, <laughs> I can pick up the accent. I can I can tell where you're from, but I may not be able to respond to you, but I, I can pick up some little things. You got yeah. Google, Google Translate. <laughs> right. And then yeah. your family, they're Dominican, um, uh, Brazilian too? Well, my birth mom, she's like Afro-Brazilian. And then my dad, he is more of the... Portuguese, Italian, Brazilian, and, you're and then adopted, adopted. by Irish-American parents. Wow. <laughs> wow. My mom's Irish. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's all over the place, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So whenever somebody asks me where I'm from, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> do you want, like, the longest the, place I live, where I was born? Shortest, like, yeah. where, where do you want? <laughs> so, the, you know, the point of this podcast, the reason why we started Capital Gains, right, is to, like, you know, capital, when you think about gains, you think about being in the gym, you think about what it takes to actually grow muscle, right? And, and it takes pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we, we like to talk about the pain that we have to go through to get to where we need to go. Yes. So what what's some of the things that you ha may have like uh, struggled with going just in the music industry, just last two years or just being an influencer? What's some of the things you had to like, you know, were learning lessons? That your time is your time. Mm -hmm. um, that you might see other people growing and they may not seem to do what you think they're doing or are supposed to be doing, but they'll have those opportunities and it's just their time. And you have to learn to have patience and perseverance and still put your best energy and best effort forth, like no matter what. And I think that's, you know, really important because a lot of people don't want to don't have the patience either. I'm going to take what you just said, right? I'm going to clip it and I'm going to give it to all these clients that I have that <laughs> think that their time is right now. You feel me? Like how many, how many people we know, they think that their time is right this second. Bro, that applies in business mm -hmm. and everything. Like, yeah. Everything. Yeah. I, I've even had to go through those levels of realization. Like when I remember I was, oh my God, one story, I was younger and I'm like, I was doing things I for sure should not have been doing. <laughs> and I'm like, why isn't that, you know, like I felt like I had a fight now, you know what we are dealing with. Like, I felt like I had a roadblock, a financial blockage. This ad is brought to you by Capital Gains. What's going on, y'all? It's directed here, Peter Parker, and my course, Guerrilla Filmmaker, is finally here. They said you need film school to become a successful director. They used to laugh at me when I carried a picture of my dream camera in my pocket. They talked about the way I dressed because I invested all my money in the camera equipment instead of clothes. And now, they call me Peter Parker, the director of the year.
I know, I've been promising y'all for a long time now, year after year, but I've been working very hard on this course, perfecting it so you guys get the most value out of it, right? I mean, listen, I've packed this with so many videos, so much content that you have to win, right? It's a must, must, must buy course. And if you get it right now, it's just half off. And let me tell you what's involved, right? It's like, if you first get your camera, and you're ready to start making money, I'm gonna show you how to make some money. This course is not just about technical skills. Yeah, we're gonna get busy. We're gonna show you what cameras to buy and, and how to get the best quality out your camera, but it's really about increasing your income and 10X in your company. Are you ready to take not only your videography skills to the next level, but actually make a company and actually start scaling your company to make more money? Gorilla Filmmaker is the course for you. I promise you, I've waited this long on purpose to give y'all the greatest course I could possibly give. So make sure y'all tap in, click the link in the bio, and join the Gorilla Filmmaker family. Like spiritually I did because I wasn't supposed to get a lot of money doing what I was doing uh, because I would have got caught up in that lifestyle. So it wasn't my time to come up in that. So I had to go through these other steps and then once I transitioned, got on the right path, made an ass load of money. Speaking about getting caught up, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I'm not from here. So when I came here, <laughs> I got caught up. I ain't gonna lie. Like I, I, I in, went, bro. In, in, I the, in the lifestyle, up. I fucked up. Oh, I, yeah. I was a little at, bit. What listen, about that? Huh? Relate about it. So when I first got here, right? You know, I mean, I'm in the industry, right? We go to strip clubs and shit, right? So we, you know, we getting popping. I'm thinking I'm the guy. I'm not, right? So <laughs> I go into the strip club and we throw money or whatever. And I'm thinking that a thousand dollars is a. If I throw a thousand, <laughs> listen, fuck that. If I throw a couple thousand in my city, I'm the man. In Miami, they like, nigga, that's the that's, that's like, like the advertiser. What are you right. talking about? <laughs> One girl actually took the thousand dollars from me and just threw it on. I'm just like, yo, <laughs> it's regular it's, out yeah, here. Like, like, yeah, like like our next. Right. I'm like, yo, I got. Okay, okay, I lost my mind a little bit. And just being out here in general, like you really can you really can lose who you are in Miami. Bro, I ran through a bag my first year down here. And then like, you know, thankful thankfully for contracts, I did a little paperwork whipping. I did a whole year. See, I wish I knew you earlier because like <laughs> I lived a I whole year no down here rent free. My contract bro. said eviction, get the fuck out. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? No, CDC, they was looking out, bro. Oh shit. <laughs> Miami is definitely not a city you're coming and you're broke here. Yeah. Yo, no, no. no. Not but you don't here. know that first coming here. Like, you know what I'm saying? You oh, think shit. When most people come to South Beach, they know. They be like, it's how much a drink? Oh, it's no. Like, <laughs> my first time, I my first time coming to South Beach, I literally argued with my homie, like, who's gonna fight, who's gonna buy the first drink? You I, I got this. Yeah, I got this. All right, you got it. For sure. It's me. And I got it. Forty dollars per drink. For a fucking Jameson. I'm like, nah, dog. We Dang. Got, we got to go. Yeah, that's, that's because they added the tip on you and they didn't tell you. So that's another <laughs> new we got that's new another beer. thing about Miami Beach. They automatically add gratuity. But automatically. See, that's for, from for anybody they don't, don't the they don't even give you the receipt. So that you're asked, how much is it? 40. You for give anybody 40 watching something this, else. Yep. Yep. You never buy drinks on the strip, dog. <laughs> go to the liquor store. Right up the street, right up the street. <laughs> I mean, you Tell buy me. for the experience, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wasn't mad, I was just shocked. <laughs> I got to for, sure, for, <laughs> sure, for sure. Are you coming to have a good time or a broke time? I'm coming to have a great time. <laughs> Fuck that, we can go for broke. Fuck it. I'm trying to extend $40. I have my moments where it's like, let me extend my $40 for something yeah. that you know is 12 yeah. Right. Hell no, not me. Bro, we buy a thousand dollar bottle in the club and it costs fifty dollars at the liquor store. No, nope, not me. Straight up. 
somebody else buys that thousand dollars. Well, you really just buying your status. name on a little thing that says it's coming out. That's really it. <laughs> some streamers and right. some, some sparkling right. shit. I'm done with that. Oh, we didn't did that. I'm that telling moment. you, like, yeah, bro, like in my freshman year of college, I got to experience. I, I just told him about one of them stories when I punched somebody when we was drinking. <laughs> oh gosh, he got violent. <laughs> he went violent. He went violent. Oh, no, they had me drinking Everclear, and they was oh, like, Everclear. Yeah, bro. Man, that's like death in Miami. So I went to um I went to Cookman freshman year of college and where's I, Cookman at? Um Daytona Beach. Oh, Daytona it's not Beach like a party place yeah, yeah it's, not, I know, it's, a, it's a hbcu yeah so yeah it was crazy i just told you they had me drinking everclear bro what do you think was yeah, going on i don't think daytona i think parties yeah, yeah okay, like i didn't know that yeah like it, i went to hbcu there and it was a private it was a private college so they had us drinking everclear or whatever and we going to the oil spill the oil spill is like um it's when they have the classic, and then this is the capital. Excuse me, not the capitals. Excuse me, the Q Dogs party. Oh, it, so, and they call it the oil spill. So you already know yeah. people. Oh yeah, they drink wasted. Yeah. And they was like, drink the ever. We had an Airbnb before these was Airbnbs, whatever they was at the time. At some big townhouse, they was like, here, drink this. Then next thing you know, they was like, y'all gotta fight each other. Are you pledging? This was some but it was so like and the person I ended up fighting what, 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 like, did they know you was a black belt I wasn't I wasn't in karate at this oh, time oh you wasn't in karate at this time you were beating up the money my, guy uh, I, I was small too but you know I worked you out couldn't fight at the time fuck out of here you crazy <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I uh, my pops was a golden glove bro the first thing I learned how to do was box okay I ain't know yeah, they didn't know that either my because bad. they was like ding ding my man swung I linked oh back gosh. it was like one two <laughs> <laughs> and I knocked his front tooth out. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so I don't drink like that no more. He's <laughs> <laughs> traumatized. Earl is just like it's not a fun time. And then on the we actually we had to go to the party after that. And all I remember is me leaning out the car throwing up Ugh. because I'm like this can't I can't keep this in me right now. Like oh, you you know what I hate, bro? Every time we're in a music video set, I hate when the artist get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been Man, on set and somebody listen. like people got drunk? Yes. I, I, I was people. Oh, you, oh, you really got I was just got, I was just standing by being the PA, and I was just like, "Open bar, shit." I'll take a Hennessy. Uh, I'll take another one. You're the pope. I'll take another one. You're the pope. Hey, keep them coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm high everywhere, but I keep my shit. Together. High and drunk are two different things. Mm -hmm. No, there are there are some people who can. Mm -mm. Everybody's not. People have different levels of tolerance, and that's also something that's. Like the glorification, like in the music industry, of like the negative aspects. Like when we, it's a current thing. Like now, you know, like with the John Morant situation, is the music industry to blame for, you know, the yeah, that's a good point. You I know, mean, the drug usage, the gun violence. Because back in the early '90s, there was certain meetings that was had in order for music to take a certain direction, in order to start imprisoning certain cultures. I heard. So one of my teach, one of my old teachers from. Uh, he teach that Overbrook High School. He told me he was in a music. I don't know if it's true or not. He was in a music executive meeting, and it's, and he said they had a meeting amongst the top people uh, about how to fill up these jails that they just built. Probably the same meeting oh. that Crazy Bone was in. Is that true? I, I don't know. Was, that is, that I, I heard something about true. that. I, I heard something about that. I That's don't crazy. know if. It's like one of those like conspiracy theories, you know what I mean? Got you, we got don't you, got you. know for sure if the meeting actually took place, but it makes sense. So, Jen, what are you actually singing? Are we are we spinning the block in your music? Like, what are we doing? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't even drink. <laughs> so, what's your music about? Like, you know, what's some of uh, 
I have a bit of everything. Like the way I create is I, you know, I try to find a beat that speaks to me and then okay. I just start humming a melody, something, whatever comes easy to me. That's, that's what I was taught by my old management. They said, if it comes easy to you, that's a good sign. If you struggle with it, Don't maybe, worry. you know. Gotcha. Get rid of that one and go on to the next one. So but, no, um, no hot sixteens, just <laughs> no hot sixteens. Sixteen bars, sixteen bars. Oh, you're not <laughs> oh no, no, I'm not a rapper. You, you don't want to hear me rap. It's gonna, it's gonna be uh, horrible. We got, we got a freestyle now. We got a freestyle she says now. she doesn't drink, otherwise yeah, she probably would be rapping. I don't drink. Yeah, no. Well, that's good. Some bars. Well, my, I got my bottle of water. Like that's the only thing I'd be saying. Water. I'm not mad at you. It's good for you. Yeah. I just told you I'm good on this alcohol. <laughs> I ain't drank in six months. Oh, but, but, I wish I had one of the buttons right there. But, but what y'all like, think? Of, that's dope, though, for for. Um, but what y'all think about the John Moran situation? You heard about the John Moran situation? About the waving? Yeah, the and gun. That's the second time. So he it, got is trouble. rap to blame for that? I don't think you can blame music on one person's actions. No. Especially Leo. right, right. What? Especially if it's the second time he got in trouble. It's the second what? time, yeah. Mm, so, can I? I? You heard what Lil Wayne just said? No, I, I I did not get a chance to watch the video, oh, yeah, but before it. I do want to hear that. But there is something that you all can look up. It is called the doctrine of ethos. It is how music directly affects your behavior. If you've ever heard a song like "Nuck a Few Buck," doesn't that make you just you feel it in your chest? Like, well, that's the frequency it's on, it's the literally. Frequency, you're right. the, and the that's called frequency. the doctrine of ethos. So people mm. who create music <laughs> and engine, most engineers actually know this. This is the reason the whole 808 situation. Like we all know, like music, we have an attachment to it, and people deal with things that they can relate to. So if you know that people live in these certain environments, and then you start sneaking in certain lyrics, how can music not be to blame to some extent when it is? Pretty much the I wouldn't say music is directly like to blame, but if you choose to listen to the music, you are the blame for picking that frequency to enter. Because I know if I'm listening to Little yeah, Dirt while I'm driving, to NBA or I li- Dirt. listen. I listen to Little Dirt. I listen to Little Baby. All mm-hmm. of them, right? Mm-hmm. And when I'm driving, I do have like certain songs. I'll be looking listen, like, yeah, nigga, what the I fuck you looking at? Like pistol on me and everything. Like I'm ready to go. Can, can I? Can I, I play just don't make the conscious decision? Can I play devil's advocate? Did, did anybody ask like the right questions about Job Moran? Does he own? Does he legally own these guns? It doesn't. I mean, matter. he would be locked does up. It, if he did, does right? it? I mean, does it? I mean, I think it does matter if he's mm-hmm. legally owning these guns. What crime was committed? What, what crime, crime was actually? Committed? He did not. In my opinion, I don't think he did anything wrong. Right. He didn't break any. He law. violated the image for uh-huh. the NBA contract. Right, got right, you. right, 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 right. right. That was, was it? That was, right. Yeah, that's a that's a brand that's a branding thing. Yeah, okay. Because they're look, a corporation. And as okay. a man, right, if you have a conversation with, but I don't CEO, think that's in his contract though, because there was also another. It was a European NBA player who was, you know, at the range, and then they also like Draymond Green, and then even like there's a lot of people who go shoot, but I, it's the way that which he was doing it, which I feel like they felt was distasteful. Bro, it don't even oh, matter okay. because you when you work and when you're in NBA, you technically still work a job. Mm-hmm. True, yeah, sure. you, know, you have a boss, so he could just not like it and not give a fuck about your contract or what's in it. He just didn't like it. Yeah, and you're fired. Basically, yeah, it is a job. I mean, remember the but situation with people. Remember the situation with uh, Beast Mode, uh, Marshawn Lynch. He didn't want to do the interviews. They find his yeah, ass. You got it. You. What he say? He used to say, uh, was, I, I, "I'm here, so I don't get fired." I'm here, so I don't get fired. That shit had me dying. But it's true. You that's a job. I was in, on the field and off the field. It's a job, no matter what you do. So you locked into those contracts. I guess you got to follow the rules. And Nike know. just released his shoe from the application, same way how they did Kyrie right before they released him completely. Seen that too. Did y'all hear the um who free Simba's freestyle? What uh about um about the situation with John Morant? 
Who freestyles? Simba? Simba. I know Simba. From LA. He, he like a conscious he, he's from he's from the, he's he's not from mm -hmm. LA. He's from he's from Oakland. <laughs> My bad. No, that's when that's when uh, uh, East Coast person speaks about someone West Coast. <laughs> LA. I was like saying Nas is from Jersey. Oh. Is it? No, he's not. No, I'm saying, is it like that? It kind of is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know? No disrespect to that. That's like if you say if you say Fifty Cent from Yonkers. You know what I mean? I or if you, you say you know, it's one of those things. How, what side of Philly are you from? I'm from South Philly. So if they say you from the West Side. Does that rank? Does that does that still North, apply? North, North, or North Philly? Or? North Philly. This ad is brought to you by Capital Games. Peace, everyone. It is the Prince of Hemp, DJ Bay, and I am here to give you good news. We have finally launched our mastermind. Go to DJBayMastermind.com and you can see all of our exclusive content from podcasts with Karis, One, Hakeem Green, and we have ebooks education material documents anything that you need in order to increase your wealth in order so you know how you better scale your business model make sure you join today peace North, i know it's still the same city you get what i'm saying but it's yeah, different. It's different i know but if you're not i wouldn't blame <laughs> I <know>. you <laughs> i'll be fucking with you bro but that is funny though no he's from oakland though okay. he's from the bay area no i thought his his, his point was interesting but yeah you know i, I just think um you know People do if you if you have that type of money, you have that you know big of a fan base. You do have a responsibility, but I think a lot of guys. Simba was basically saying a lot of guys saying, "Oh, that's not my responsibility. I don't want. I never wanted to be a role model." But he was like, "You taking the the basically the the pussy way out." Oh no, no hell no, no 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 no. I tell people all the time, like bitch, I'm like, first off, I'm not going to allow you people to put me in a situation to where you can crucify me. Like, don't ever put me on no pedestal. I'm not your. So you don't Jesus. feel like nobody has a responsibility as. You know, being in the NBA or being a celebrity, you, they don't have responsibilities. You you should have the ability to opt out. Be like, I chose to play basketball, not be your role model. That's that's the that's the that's the stance that Michael Jordan took. Michael Jordan didn't involve with no politics. You ask him about anything, he, I play basketball. Michael Jordan's never said anything about what's going on you, in you get to mainstream, mainstream that, right? media. That's like asking an artist to step outside of their scope when they signed up just to do music. But you do have a responsibility, um, just the same way. I'm just bring it break it down a little bit to a, to a smaller level. As a black man, I feel like I have a responsibility about how I conduct myself around uh, around other people because I know that I know what they're thinking every time I walk into a building, and I I, I feel like I'm obligated to show a different side of our culture. So you know what I mean. One Is that for yourself or for the culture? Uh, it's a little bit for both. I don't want to be looked at a certain way. I don't. I, I I halfway don't care, but I don't want. I don't want a young the younger generation to have to 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 continue to go through that. You know what I mean? If I can change the course, and there's and it's just by tweaking what I do a little bit. Let's just say, cut down on the cursing when I'm in public. Then that changes how people view the next person. Like, well, they're not all bad, and that's fucked up still. But you're changing the view slowly but surely. So, as an artist, based on what he said, like. How do you make sure that you control your image that's being put out into the world? I think it's just being conscious of whatever you're doing every single day and the type of person you are because there's different personalities, there's different ways that people have been raised. So, you know, something that I may not agree with, somebody else will. Something that I don't do, somebody else will. So I just have to do best by what I was raised to do and 
you know, my own conscience that I listen to. So, hey Jen, do you, do you feel like you know, as an influencer and, and as an artist, do you think do you feel like you have a responsibility to people that look up to you? I wouldn't say responsibility, but more like, I mean, the way that I try to think is I try to post positive things on my page. I try to be kind to others. Um, I try to hold myself accountable. And even like with the past year that I just went through, you know, I had a actually a pretty rough year. I had a broken, like a, I was engaged and I broke off and right. that was really tough for me. So instead of, you know, going back to the same ways that, you know, I would have continued to do, I went to therapy and I found out, okay, this is the reason why I allow certain treatment like this. And I try to correct it as opposed to just giving excuses. So I think it makes a difference on, you know, what you're putting out there, your energy, the way you handle yourself, your accountability, all of that. Can we, you know? can we talk about that for a minute? Cause I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people have had a rough year, right? So mm -hmm. what, what helps a person like what help you really get through that you said therapy and and i think it's cool that we talk about that yeah. because a lot of people think yeah. therapy is not cool we have to demystify that like therapy is a place where you get healing you know what i'm saying and you know they give you techniques on really yes. how to how to you know maneuver your thoughts and get out of your own way like it, name some things that really like besides therapy that you know you use your energy to switch it because i because it, it sounded like it was a rough time well, therapy for sure, and not just talking therapy, but doing EMDR, which is, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like you either have different vibrating things in your hands or different lights that your eyes kind of like switch back and forth to. It's like a sensory thing. Yes. And while you're doing that, you relive a traumatic moment in your life. So for example, my first one that I could remember that we think that could have like affect your life would be right. being adopted. And why? Because mm. you feel like you're being abandoned, especially at two days old when you're supposed to have that bond with your birth mother. You don't have that. So a lot of children that have grown up like that, they end up feeling depressed or anxious or um, like an attachment to people. So I noticed that in romantic relationships, especially, I would have an unhealthy attachment to the person and I would always try to not stand up for myself, I guess, and so to speak. So that way they wouldn't take offense Leave. to it or walk yeah. away. And that's where I had to hold myself accountable because even if I wasn't doing anything necessarily bad or anything to cause that treatment, I wasn't standing up for myself. So I had to learn to put my foot down and make sure that I put myself first and that I was worthy and that I know the value that I offer and bring to the table and that if you don't like it, the next one will or I'm fine by myself. So I had to Can we get that. in the studio for yeah. Jeff? Studio that's platform. great. Yeah. That was all that. I have so. a question for you. Mm -hmm. Um, based on what you said, it seems like um, you used to be a little bit passive when mm -hmm. it came to your relationships. Yeah. And you, based on your evolution, you got a little bit more aggressive. Have you taken these things in your relationships and enrolled them into your businesses? Yes. Um, like I haven't had a relationship since then. It's been over a year, which is fine. I'm not rushing that. <laughs> I'm trying to focus more on career and just making sure mentally I'm first all the time. But especially in business, you know, having uncomfortable conversations with people that maybe you would have been a little bit more hesitant to have or um, not said all of the things that you wanted to say, I've learned to speak up more for myself. And, you know, I want to change because I know you mentioned being aggressive. Mm -hmm. You can stand up for yourself without being aggressive. You can make a point without coming across like hostile or to mm -hmm. somebody, you know. So I think it's important that the way that you deliver those responses yeah. and those conversations is going to mean all the difference in the world on how it's it's taken. Absolutely. And it's helped me with my networking and 
not burning bridges after a relationship is done in that sense and business sense mm -hmm. that you're still remain able to remain to have that friendship after or that connection where you're still in good standing and able to look out for each other and be like hey like you know i still support you and oh you need me to repost this i got you like it makes a big difference whereas before in the past i would have probably held off on conversations and you know mm. not addressed it yeah so. Um, so let's open up a lot more doors for you just by you being able to communicate on that level i think it's called uh being assertive yes, yes. yeah being assertive. <laughs> so where can we find some of your art? Well, my Instagram is jen.brazil, so J-E-N dot B-R-A-S-I-L. And I haven't fully officially released my music yet, but I have some clips of music videos and performances and things on there, along with some dance clips and my pictures. So... I'm about to say, you got something you want to ask her? What? Because you already know. I'm about, to, I'm about to go back to the offers. No. <laughs> this is what we're here for. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so if somebody wanted to, you know, based on some of the things that I heard you say, if, like if there was a young up-and-coming artist and they wanted to reach out to you, would it, you be open to something like that? Oh, for sure, yeah. I would love to hear, like, whatever their ideas are and, you know, if we could come up with something something dope. Do you Do you teach dance? I used to when I was younger. Okay. Yeah, and I. I you said it. Like, you oh, sound like nah. Hell, I, ain't I ain't doing, doing that, that shit no more. more. It's stressful. I'm married to a dance instructor. Oh yeah, so you know, you know, you know. I have so many dance trophies. Like oh, oh my gosh, God, yes. yeah, it's intense, and the the sass. Yeah, Man, I didn't came home in the living room full of little young girls. I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm like, <laughs> they over there doing hair, getting, putting tutus together and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so happy I ain't got a daughter. I got all boys. <laughs> Dance is a whole lifestyle. And like, so do you, so you don't offer um, anything in the choreography realm? I don't teach or anything, but I can do some, you know, choreographies if needed. I can help people with stage presence. Mm. I also learn choreography myself. I still take dance classes at different locations. That's a very yeah. important thing what you said that people skip over because people's stage presence suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they really need coaching in that area. It's just like how like even what we're doing, like to some extent, like everybody can't do this. Yeah. You you need to kind of be coached in how to speak and be able to carry mm -hmm. conversations and engage with individuals. So like, yeah, like you have a very like you're high value in the things that you offer because you're just not somebody who makes music. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I think another thing that we kind of skipped over is the is the fact that she's still taking classes. You know what I mean? Like you're still perfecting your craft and getting better at it and learning more. You know, you just haven't plateaued. You still want to learn more in that. Further in that increasing course. your value. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to because you can never be complacent. Never, because somebody else is going to surpass you, and there's always other people that are going to be hungrier. So you have to make sure that you do your part. So whether it's the gym, whether it's reading and taking care of myself mentally, whether it's making sure I drink enough water and not drink the alcohol, and you know, spiritual health as well. Like you have to do all of it. Yep, satisfaction sure. is for suckers. I say it all the time, and I have another saying: um, "Breaks is for bitches and cars." <laughs> what? Like, what? I'm like, what? no, I, we don't. We we don't. Do you see the No, do you see this? There are. Do you see the shirt? There is no going left because 
why am I why am I stopping? Why am I taking breaks? Like I'm I'm not a B word. I'm not a car. You know, like what, what am I stopping for? I'm what am I satisfied for? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm young. Like I need to keep grinding, pushing. So it's just it's it's okay. It took y'all a little bit to catch up. I got you. So question: <laughs> what, what does "fuck the free lunch" mean? Just trying to figure it out. Oh man, so um, fuck the free lunch. This is actually one of my favorite Forty Eight Laws of Power, and it's um, despise the free lunch. Because if you truly know your value, and let's say me, like I have a multi-trillion dollar brain, right? And then somebody be like, I want to take you out to lunch, young man. You know, let me pick your brain. Like, so you think that $40 is the $40 and like probably like 60, you know, we vegan. It's a little expensive. So, you know, $60. I like cake too. So probably 80. You think that's enough? (laughs) You think that's enough for everything that's in my brain and a lot of people will try and barter you and ask me like you know i'll take you out to lunch so it's really about knowing your value and that was the reason why i decided to create this brand because i know my value enough to say fuck the free lunch yeah. i'm like if you really want to sit down and you know like pick my brain reciprocate with me right especially when your time is priceless and you can't get it back exactly i think another part of that money. is also noticing the value in other things mm. too you know what i mean and not trying to skip out on it or pay less for what it is. You know what I mean? So you could, that's, that's, it's another way to look at that despise the free lunch, right? Yeah. And like, it's also, it's you as the individual, sometimes you have to see the value because shit, it may be beneficial to sit with this individual. They like, they may have a net worth higher than yours. And they'd be like, I want to take you out to lunch, young man. So that may be one of them lunches. I'd be like, no, nah, nah, don't fuck this one. Pay <laughs> Why in the minority community, uh, uh, a lot of times I've noticed, you know, minorities want discounts for a lot of things. W- what's up with that? Especially when I, it comes to like small businesses. You asking me? I'm asking the whole. Okay. I, I, I can explain because within our community, we don't do what we're supposed to do. So therefore, we're looking for it in another capacity because if we had enough businesses in order to patronize and we kept enough money within our economy, we wouldn't be asking for discounts, but that we instantly give the money away. You go get bread, you go give, you go get gas. Girl, go get bread. She go get some hair. Go get her nails done instantly. Going so out of our community. We don't keep it in our community. Hell no, it goes out. It, we're the only people that our dollar instantly goes out of our community as soon as we get it. Because when we, so so you say you have a a, a lady that does nails. You you when you go there, or you got a homie that cut hair. When you go there, you're like. Let me, man, come on, hey man, hook me up, man, hook me up. But it's, you won't do a that. Lot of that. Uh, you won't you do would never do because you can't go to Louis Vuitton and do that. You right. can't go to Gucci and do that. Right. But are they wrong? You can't for go to McDonald's that. to do that. You know what I'm saying? You are can't they, even go to McDonald's. So what makes them wrong for asking for a discount when we don't have the infrastructure in order to acquire wealth because we don't have enough businesses within our system? So are they wrong for asking for discounts, or should or should everybody have a business that way they can barter with each other? You know, that's a that's a that's a next level but, question. I don't even know how to answer that in one sitting right now. That's yeah, a whole know, conversation. That's, that's very that's very valid. It no, is it, it? And is. I'm a business owner. I discount shit all the time, but I also you know like, I want to help people grow think, businesses. All right, when it comes to business, I think it should just be about respect, right? Like, for example, let's just say if I'm a record label, right, and I offer you, let's say, you know, a certain amount of money to sign you, right? A lot of artists these days are going to the internet like, F this motherfucker, he tried to offer me this little bit of money and didn't look at it like, well, okay, just come with me with a counter offer. Why do you feel like you're worth, <laughs> no, no, like, why do you feel like you're worth more? And then, you know, it's business, right? But a lot I of understand. times we go straight to social media and we're going to talk shit, you know, because we feel like we deserve something more without presenting a different offer. A lot of people don't understand that in 
just in business that you have the ability to present a counter offer because all you know is a lot of people are coming from nothing, bro. And they was like, somebody's offer, like use the Wu-Tang situation as an example. They was getting offered like low, like $10,000 contracts and stuff back then. That's a lot of money to children back in the day. So them not knowing no better, they were like, yo, this can change my life. This can change my family. They're not thinking, yo, I come back with a counter offer and then they say, forget me. And then I end up, that's more so what they thinking. A counter offer, I end up losing the deal because that has happened before. It's, I tell people all the time, especially when it comes to like the OnlyFans situation, I'm gonna be like, yo, it's a whole bunch of girls out here doing it. What makes you special? Like, literally. But my thing is, I feel like you can't be scared to say no and walk away from a deal. That, no, you, you know for, mean, sure. for your worth. Because we see the value, we're talking about seeing the value in things, seeing the value in yourself, and also the other thing. You don't, you, you, if you see the value in yourself, you have to know when to walk away. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Oh, yeah. I just fired some people the other day. I just. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he didn't see their value. <laughs> <laughs> they thought they could play with me. I'm like, man, I'm the one paying. I'm like, I ain't no, it's, this, it's no debate. There's no argument. Not when I'm the one sending cash apps around. So Jen, who, who's, who's in your playlist right now? Like, who's, your, who's your artist that you're listening to right now? What are some of your influences? Um, my top three favorite artists, it would be Craig David, Cranium, and Chris Brown. Those are my top three. That's interesting. And then I listen to a lot of like Afrobeats, Afrofusion, and a lot of Brazilian music. So Samba, Batucada, Bagoji, all that stuff. So like um, MC Cavino, um, let's see, Anita we listen to, then a lot of um, Burna Boy, Probably Davido, Fireboy. Um, yeah, kid, all of that. Yeah. So is that what your music goes? Is that is that kind of what your music is that is in that genre range? You think? I actually haven't limited myself to okay. one genre. So I have like a little like electronic song. I have one that's a Brazilian Afrobeats type of song. I have another one that's dancehall. I've you know R and B. I've got drill with R and B over it. So whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so what you say? R and B. That's hard. Yeah. That's, that's hard. hard. You have a timeline on when you um when you think you're gonna be releasing a, a project. It depends on a team and everything and making <coughs> sure it's done done properly. But I don't want to just, you know, release something and it not be the quality that I want it to be because I want to make sure that whatever I put that put out there it represents me, represents my brand, and represents the time that I've spent with those those words and what it means to me. So I want to make sure it's the right way when I put it out and that you're also not waiting like months and months and months for another release. So I want to make sure that there's a, a proper plan. Do you still? Oh, oh wow! They're back. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> We're back. Do you feel like because of the type of music that you are um, putting into the world that you don't necessarily have a timeline, and and you can just like release it and it becomes time? Are you planning on making like timeless music more so? I hope so. I think any artist's goal is to be timeless and to be, you know, a household name and you know, to have longevity. I think that's a main goal for most artists. So I want to make sure that whatever I make, like I said, has the quality, that it's catchy, that it's something that you want to hear, that, you know, you can hear when you're out at a brunch or when you're chilling at home or driving in the car. You know, you want to have something for everybody. Okay, now I get you because Rihanna is Mm -hmm. that. And Chris Brown too. Yes, like these are literally pop artists that, and also hip hop, R&B artists that you will hear in almost any setting mm-hmm. on movies, TV. So I understand exactly what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not just saying it's a lot of money in being that type of artist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, for sure. You have to be a chameleon. 
Yeah, you have to be able to like fit into all these different genres and narratives for it, and then be acceptable for multiple brands. Yeah. So, like, I I see the business playing it. That's as an artist, I would if I was an artist, I would work to fit into that narrative mm. because I see it to be the most monetarily beneficial, regardless of whatever demographic I come from. You would go Disney, yeah, yeah, right. I would go for, for the no. check, for Bro, the check. Billie Eilish went Disney for, sure. for the check. Yeah, Taylor Swift went. Di- all they went Disney. But well, another thing is, that's I, the bad. I would definitely work on my Portuguese if I was you, though. Oh yeah, I'm I trying. I definitely go little. bilingual for sure. Speaking of brands, how did you get in touch with Fashion Nova? That was actually. Um, an old PR person that I was friends with, his name's Warren Morris, mm-hmm. and he actually helped me with that before I moved from New York. So he wow. reached out and somehow worked out. And then with Touch Dolls, did they reach out and they started seeing your pictures and things I like that? Remember, I think I reached out to them and that was, you know, we did like one or two different collaborations. I've worked with Giddy. Um, so yeah. When you say explain, Explain a little bit when you got in touch with them. Did you email them, inbox emailed, them? Yeah. Okay. I always email and then I always, you know, introduce myself, ask them how they're doing. You know, obviously using, being polite makes a difference as opposed to, hey, like check my, my page, you should hire me. Like, And right away they yeah. got back to you? Yeah, usually. Wow, that's and, amazing. you know, obviously include your resume of what you're doing, your social media handles, pictures. and. So do you think having that hundreds of thousands of followers has helped? It helps, yeah. but at the time, I don't think I had as many. So I think it's just mm-hmm. the way you approach people as well, you know, thanking them for their time, right. for, you know, reading the email, things like that makes a big difference. So for people who, like the young girls that's coming behind you that don't have a big following, what kind of advice would you give them? Because they may see your page and like, of course she got that. She's got 200 some thousand followers, but you just said you didn't mm-hmm. have that yeah. type of page. So what would you give, what kind of advice would you give them? Like coming up and... You know, knowing that they don't have maybe about 5,000 followers, but they would love to do what you're doing. I would say just like with any realm of things, whether it's sports, modeling, music, dance, whatever, figure out who your favorite artist or influencer is. Look at their page, study it, see how they post, see, you know, what types of brands they work with, see how they're captioning their photos, uh, see how they respond to the people that are following them as well. Do they ignore all the comments? Do they Mm -hmm. like them? Do they respond with you know, something that's actually engaging or right. is it just like a thank you or emoji, you know, something that not necessarily lazy, but, you know, it's not personal. Personable. Um, yeah. So I think for them, that would be the first set of homework. And then from there, learn how to pose, learn how to be comfortable in front of a camera and have conversations and show your personality and then start being consistent. So whether it's networking and finding you know, maybe other friends that are interested in doing this and actually serious about it and then helping each other take content on a regular basis or networking to other photographers or videographers and asking if they want to work. Um, before, they used to call it S4S, like, you know, time for TFP, yeah, time for print, out. yeah, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So, you know, just that and just being consistent and not yeah, giving up. That. Yeah. Of that. No, can we get some noise? I'm like, uh, Jesus she just gave up. Gems like, like, oh, like, oh. <laughs> like just tell somebody how to get a bag. I just wanna, I just wanna apologize. <laughs> <laughs> like usually our producer team is like so good, and they're not treating you right. Oh my god! So I just wanna apologize <laughs> on Capital Gains' behalf. What was that laugh? Yo, we're doing good. What was that laugh? I think, uh, yeah, we got a rookie on the board here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let's get the fuck going He's on. He's hiding. Yeah. You know, 
right. Wait, wait. Well, she was speaking about shout out for shout outs. And she said something about like content day. You've got content day coming up. Yeah, we got content day coming up. We got a bunch of content days coming up, but one. Yeah, I'm about to say that's we have that's a reoccurring thing. Yeah, 100. Yeah. You know. I'm sorry. What's content day? Oh my god. <laughs> right, here, go here you go. The people you in the background. Before we even get it going, you know what I mean? <laughs> Want to give everybody else the game? You know what I mean? No. So content day is basically where we get a decent amount of influencers and we have some really dope brands and we just kind of you know put dope ideas out for brands to to buy the idea, right? So a lot of times when you see like a Pepsi commercial, Coca-Cola commercial, somebody had to come up with that idea for the product. But what we do is we come up with the idea before it even exists and then give the idea to the um, to the client. So they don't even, we're basically coming to you with the full package. We're coming to you with the influencer, we're coming to you with the commercial, um, the content and pretty much everything. And now you're just ready to go. So that's content day, and that's what we got coming up. And uh, I think Jen's gonna be part of it too. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying yeah. music wise, you can look at it like a cash money deal. You know, like you come to the table with all your stuff together, and then you're like, oh, I'm forced to give you some type of money in a good contractual situation. So that's you come to the table with leverage. There we go. All right. <laughs> I didn't want to just, I was about to say something smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, yeah, I, you know that was this is this is dope. I'm glad you got a chance. I'm glad you came here. Thank you know, you that was me. a long drive. Um, by the way, before we, where can people find you at? Instagram, it's Jen J E N dot B R A S I L. Um, you can also find me on TikTok, the same handle as well. And before we close out, yo, every time I go to your page, I automatically assume you got your own clothing line. Is that coming soon, or do you have your own clothing line? Um, Oh, it, it might be in the works. Okay, we'll see, we'll might have to talk about yeah. that. Oh, okay. So you need a manufacturer, huh? Manufacturer, maybe some marketing so team. Designers, <laughs> designers <laughs> reach out like to some her. Digital billionaire talk right here. Yeah. Her handle will be down below. Right. Check her out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, close out. What are we talking about? So. Once again, this is Capital Gains Podcast, where we have real conversations with real people in real time, 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 time. And I am DJ Bay, the Prince of Hemp, and this is my partner. I'm going to say it this time. Peter Parker, CEO Digital Bay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have to my left. Daydreams, the queen of credit. And once again, we want to thank our illustrious guests for coming and visiting yes, with us again. Thank you. Jen Brazil, yeah. artist, <laughs> influencer. <laughs> Now they get it right there. Capital gains. <laughs>